0: And uh, sadly, the, the bad reviews talk more with me than the good reviews. But I, I just eventually overcame the bad reviews and kept, kept putting out some work. Forget the haters, you're always gonna get haters. Focus on how to be better every time.
1: Welcome. To the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics from the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork. To printing and putting the final book in a bag and board For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic And sold thousands of copies across the nation And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie Or just looking for more insight into launching your own book You're in the right place This is the Under the Mask Podcast And this is Bill colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode
2: 43. Today, I'm talking with a comic creator who's no stranger to getting his work out there. First, by creating his own webcomic, and then successfully selling it on Amazon. My guest today is a webcomic writer and creator who's recently printed his comic, The Table, through Amazon. You can read and support The Table for free by visiting www.zigmacomics.com slash the table. If you like it and want to pick up the physical book, go check out The Table on Amazon. We'll have the links in the show notes. I'd like to introduce Gustavo Soria. Gustavo, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me.
0: Okay, uh, thanks, Bill, for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here.
2: Well, the first thing I want to do, Gustavo, is I want you to tell us a little bit about your story. Who are you and how did you get to be here today?
0: Okay, um, well, my name is Gustavo Soria, but I usually just go by my last name. I usually sign just by Soria. I'm a graphic designer by day, but I like to say kind of like a superhero. But, uh, I'm a comic book artist. By night that's like my night job. i take all my time all my free time and just start putting out some work like everything that that's in my mind i started creating comic books early at the age of maybe four years old because i really love the medium i, I really love the art i my, my parents were very big fans of the x-men my granddad was a very big fan of Cap- Captain Marvel. Back when he was called Captain Marvel, now he's called Shazam. So I was like, "Yo, I, I wanna, I wanna create comic books. I-, I wanna be part of this big art medium, this world." And in my country, I'm from this little country called Guatemala. There's not enough comic books. Well, back in the '90s, today it's easier to get comic books, physical comic books. Back in the day, you almost had. No accessibility to comic books. So I was like, I'm gonna start creating my own stuff so I can start selling it to my classmates. So I was like a little kid in first grade, maybe, (laughs) selling the comic book copies to my classmates. And they were like, hey, I wanna, I wanna buy a copy, I wanna buy a copy. And it struck me like hey maybe one day I can make this out of like my job, my regular job. Uh, so I, once I finished high school, I, I kept creating comic books, you know, just for me and my friends to read during recess or when class was boring. But when I finished the, uh, my high school, I decided to go and study graphic design because it was maybe the closest thing to actually study comic book art. So I got involved with all these creative artistic world. And I was taught how to draw digitally and create all these books and everything. So around 2017, I I graduated and um, I received my diploma and I, and I was like, okay, now I have the free time. I have all the knowledge. You can say I started to create my book as professionally. It was uh, maybe October 2017, and I finished my first my first book. I finished it in this year, February 2020. So it took me around almost three years to, to finish the book, you know, because I, I also had to look for a job that will pay my bills. So I started just working maybe four or five hours a day on my comic book, which I finally completed. Earlier this year, on February February twenty twenty, so it took me around three years to finally complete my book, my quote unquote professional book.
2: Very cool. The web comic that you were making on your own was uh, the table. Okay. Uh, tell us about the table.
0: Okay. Um, this table. Um, it's kind of funny. I I was telling you about that. I was just making comic books for me and my friends about you know nonsense whatever happened in our lives. But they, one day came to me and said, hey, Gustavo, why don't you go and create like an epic story about all of us? And I was like, well, there, there's not really anything epic about us. So I started creating this huge, amazing story involving me and my friends during a time period in my, our country um, during the 80s. We had this huge war. So I, tell, so I said, okay, I'm going to put myself and my friends into that time period, you know, so we're going to have this epic story. But as I was creating this story, I said, oh, this might have a future. I might have something going on here. So I started uh, drafting the book, The Table. Eventually, I I erased me and my friends from the book because (laughs) it didn't make sense to have me in this story and created some other characters. So you could say the story came just as a hobby for me and my friends to have fun during races in 2011. But I fell in love with the story. And I thought back then, and I still think today, that the story I was crafting might actually tell something important. Because the, the war that happened in my country, it actually also happened in every single Latin American country. So I said this might be interesting to all of us. There's not like enough representation of Latin American people during those those horrible times, you know? So I said, okay, maybe we need to tell this story. And yeah, uh, it's a fictitious story. None of what happens in my book actually happened in real life. And I never actually mentioned which country it is going on, uh, which country said the story. So Maybe some random dude from Mexico or from Argentina or Colombia, they they they'll go and say, oh, this book represents me. This might be my country. This might be my story. So that was what I was planning to do eventually. Once I was becoming more mature and growing up and started to think more outside the box, you know, I started to think I might eventually create something interesting for this group of people that does not have enough representation in comic
2: books you know and if you were to give us the quick pitch for the table what is it
0: well it's um uh, during the mid 80s a group of high school seniors will band together to end the civil war that has been destroying their country kind of like before Bandera meets the breakfast club
2: And you said that a lot of the original inspiration came just from your friends and also from war times uh, in the past when you were growing up. What were some other inspirations for the comic?
0: Well, um, visually, I took huge inspiration from Sin City uh, regarding the color, black and white, just a few smudges of red in blood. And I took inspiration from Watchmen with the nine-panel grid. I think that's kind of interesting to show how slow time is going on in comic book world. But I also took inspiration from people that actually went through the horrors of war. I went to them and had a little interview with them and asked them politely to tell me some anecdotes that I could include eventually into my book. So... Almost every every other story you're going to read in my book, it's like a huge scramble of stories of, of what people went through back in the
2: 80s. Gustavo, what made you decide to publish mm-hmm. The Table as a webcomic?
0: Um, I think it was the accessibility, but maybe everybody can get to read it For free because I I wasn't actually planning to make a dime out of it. I make comic books just for the fun of it because I really love it. So I I just decided to publish it online to make everybody uh, that is interested in indie comics to read it. And I actually published it in English and Spanish so more people can read it people from the United States, Canada, or even the United Kingdom, or maybe people all over Latin America. That's you, you can choose, you know? So eventually, eventually, because I really love to read printed comic books, I decided to self-publish it on my own, which I did. Uh, My book is now available on Amazon, the printed version, but my main goal was just to make people read it for free, you know? Hey, you're or iPad or whatever and hop into my webpage and read two or three hours and that's it like for free uh, an interesting story I, I like to think
2: is what's available on Amazon is that just the first chapter or is that uh I think no, right now you're all no. up to eight chapters now
0: no no the the book the book ends in eight chapters it's gonna be Uh, I already completed the story, but I also include, I included the eight chapters in the printed version, but I also included some extra stuff like all my creative process and there is also a QR code that you can scan with your phone and you're going to get a whole original soundtrack that one of my friends created for the book he's a dj and said hey i'm gonna make some songs for your book so there's a lot of extras in my book the printed version that you're you're not gonna get on my webpage.
2: and that's a perfect segue into my next question because i wanted you to talk a little bit about your process because you're both the writer and the artist when you were making the table okay okay. Did you write down a full script before starting the art? Or do you just dive in?
0: Okay, that's kind of like a tricky question because it has two answers. At first, I was just, as I was telling you before, I was just creating this small story about me and my friends during that wartime period. And it was just a little 20-page story. So I took that as a first draft. And then I started like reading all my important stuff, my cool stuff. And then I said, okay, now I'm going to translate this sketch into a script. So you could say that I first started drawing. Then out of that drawing, I came out with a script, better lengthy script. And then after I had that script, I drew everything again. So my process was drawing, script, drawing because it it was evolving you know
2: yeah and i seem to do a similar thing when i'm writing my scripts i will actually draw out like i were to draw the comic and basically make storyboards Mm -hmm. and thumbnails and then i'll actually translate that to the actual script and then i'll send that to the artist
0: and you know what's important and and you know what's kind of like cool when you're like the writer but you're also the illustrator that you don't really have to create a lengthy very specific detailed script because you, alre- you already have the idea on your mind so you only select key points like here's a fight, like on your script and I, during that time I don't really need to uh, expand on my writing because the idea is on my mind so I'm gonna take the this idea and I already know what to draw you know instead of hiring an illustrator where you have to detail everything, every single part, because they have to have your own vision of the story.
2: Uh, But to help you out, you're not doing this on your own uh, because you actually hired on your editor, uh, Lucia. How does she help you bring out the best for for what's in the table?
0: Well, she's also from Latin America. She's from this other country called Nicaragua. So she also knows everything about the war and all that horrible stuff that happened during the 80s. So she, when I gave her my first raw comic book, she was like, yo, I like this. This is really nice. Uh, but I might help you to flesh out some dialogue and some, some things here and there. So uh, she read my whole story. Then over the period of, two or three months, we we would schedule a Zoom meeting and go from panel to panel, and she would go and tell me, hey, um, maybe you should change this dialogue because it doesn't make sense. Like to us, Latin Americans, it makes sense. But imagine that maybe somebody from the United States is going to read this book. They might not going to under- understand what you were trying to say because they didn't go through this time period. They had their own other stuff going on back in the 80s. So you need to be very specific because she actually lives in the United States, so she has best of both worlds. And she was um, helping me out. She was understanding my book, but also was helping me to create a product that will be easy to understand worldwide, you know.
2: Yeah, it always seems like there's a little bit that's lost in translation whenever you're dealing with two different languages. I know my artist, Rafael Crestani, uh, for Kinetic, he's actually from Brazil and sp- speaks English, but English is a second language. So uh, whenever we would talk, there every now and then there was something that got lost in translation that we had to ask to clarify.
0: And even, even the language, okay, you can help with the translation, but... I'm going more with the cultural culture and everything that happened because to us some things might be normal and do and say and you know all of our culture but to people from around the world they they're gonna be like okay that that doesn't make sense I don't understand why they're doing that so we need to be very specific which my friend my editor she said okay I understand what you're trying to do here but my friends in the United States what you're trying to do, so I'm going to help you out with this, which she did. I think that the final version actually is a hundred times better than that what was before because it helps to have an extra pair of eyes reading your stuff and helping you out to put out that book, you know?
2: And Gustavo, The Table is live. It's live, and you can read it as a webcomic at your website. That's ZigmaComics.com slash the table, z i g m a comics.com slash the table. But you can also get the print versions on Amazon.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can just go on Amazon or Google and type the table, Gustavo Soria, like G U S T A V O S O R I A, Gustavo Soria, the table, and the book's gonna pop out. It's a the cover is a huge green skull so you're not gonna get lost like that's the book
2: what does the future hold for gustavo soria and the table well i
0: was actually planning to maybe eventually create a sequel i don't really know because the book actually ends in a really nice way i like how it ends so maybe i i have one one fan he really 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 loves the book and he was asking me to create a sequel. I might do that eventually, but right now I'm focused on other stuff. I I really want to try to create more other stuff because this book is really, really political, and I don't want to be typecast as that political guy, that political comic book guy. So I'm trying to experiment on other stuff. I have this webcomic I post on on sigmacomics.com, also on all my social media on Facebook Instagram. It's a little comic strip and a slice of life of a I don't know, misfit teenager girl. And I'm also creating other stuff, more psychological horror comic books and all of that. I'm trying to decipher which route I'm gonna take now.
2: Yeah it always seems when that first when that first big project gets done, the world is your oyster. There's so many ways that you can focus so many things you can focus on. Yeah, yeah. But I want
0: to focus more on the writing part. I want to focus on the writing part because um, I enjoyed art. I enjoyed writing. But as a job, I don't think I enjoy drawing, drawing that much. I enjoy just sitting and creating a script. But when it comes to actually draw the characters... As a job, like I have this deadline, I don't enjoy that that much. So I'm going to focus more on the writing part, and I'm actually looking for some illustrators for my next big project.
2: Hey, well, artists, uh, you hear them, feel free to reach out, and uh, maybe you can be the next artist on uh, Gustavo Osoria's next project. What have been the biggest obstacles or challenges that you faced, and how did you overcome them?
0: Well, I might say that the biggest obstacle I faced was that there's not a comic book career, well, at least not in my country. So if I wanted to pursue that line of work, Mm -hmm. I had to do it on my own free time. So after a long day of work, I had to get home. And instead of, I don't know, resting or doing whatever, I had to go on, keep writing, keep illustrating. And it was very tiring because... I would go to sleep around four hours a day and then I had to get up and go back to my day job. So that was a huge, huge uh, obstacle. I end up with uh, neck pain or stress, but I really, really, really set this goal in my mind that I wanted to work as a comic book writer, comic book illustrator or whatever. I want to break into this line of work but unfortunately, there's no such such thing as comic book career in Latin America.
2: What has been the biggest mistake you feel you've made creatively?
0: Oh, there's, there's a, a lot of them. I might say that at first, back when I was starting, starting to create my book, I just wanted to uh, replicate what other creators have put out. And it's okay to have inspiration. But at first, I noticed I was kind of like copying what they've been doing. I wasn't putting out something new to the table, you know? It was just something you've read a million times all over again. So I decided to start everything from scratch, which um, took me a lot of time to get back again to the comic book that I was having on my mind, just because I was... Trying so hard to be some someone else that I was not. I think every comic book writer or writer, writer or illustrator needs to find their own voice and don't need to copy somebody else. And I think everyone eventually falls into that, but we need to get out of there. So that was my big mistake. I remember, like it, it was not done on purpose, but I created a a page from my comic book. And then I noticed it was almost exactly like one page from Sin City. And I was, and, I, and that was like my wake-up call. No, Sawa, what you are doing? This is just like a copy, um, made, even in plagiarism, you know? Nothing new. So that's that was a big mistake, and I'm glad I noticed that I was doing.
2: In his wonderful writing for comics... Uh, Alan Moore, who obviously wrote uh, Watchmen, Promethea, uh, The Killing Joke, uh, tons of classics like that. Uh, But he said something similar to, don't try to be the next Alan Moore. Try to be the best you that you can be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I actually have that book. And when I was reading that, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Because many people are like, hey, uh, Alan Moore created Watchmen why don't we go and create Watchmen? And there's been a lot of books of people trying to replicate that and end up failing. And I was on that on that same path, you know? And I didn't want that my first book end up being just a wannabe of Watchmen. I wanted to create something else. Yeah, of course, you're going to take some inspiration out of Watchmen. You're going to take inspiration out of great comic books, but you need to create your own new stuff, you know? So, yeah, I, after reading that book, I said, okay, I'm going to be the first Gustavo. Sorry, I'm going to be the first me. So, yeah.
2: As a creator, what has been your best moment? Well,
0: um, my best moment might be my first fan because I, my family, they love my stuff. And of course, my family are going to be like, hey, Gustavo, we love your stuff. We love your comic books. We're your biggest fans. But they're kind of like expected to be your fan. So I at first started publishing the my graphic novel, my webcomic on this Webtoons platform. And then eventually migrated to my own website. But when I was posting on this platform, I noticed there was this guy that was always commenting on every post I, I, I did like, Hey, Gustavo, I love this story. Hey, Gustavo, this is amazing. Hey, when are you going to put the next page? Hey, when are you going to have q and A? Q&A? Hey, Gustavo. And I was very excited because I might only have one fan, but I mean, that one fan means a lot of to me because he's somewhere in the world. He doesn't know me. He just knows my work and he loves it and then he eventually found me on facebook on my on my um, fan page where i keep posting all my comic books and he was like hey i love this i love all your other stuff not that, not just the table but this comic strip you put in your weekly i love it too and i love everything where when are you going to put out some more stuff when are you going to create a sequel that might be my my greatest experience and um, a huge shout out to Justin Williams. I don't know who you are, man, but I'm really glad you love my stuff. And I really love that. You love what I do. So I kind of keep creating just because of you and because I love comic book, but you're one big part of what I, what I do. You're one big part of what I, why I keep creating.
2: It's always a leap of faith. Whenever you create and you put it out into the world, and you don't know what the response is going to be. People may love it. People may hate it. And it's just, you got to keep your fingers crossed and hope that you find someone like Justin who's going to become that next big fan of yours. And then hopefully, you know, it all starts with one fan. And then hopefully you get more and more as you do it longer and pick up a fan base.
0: Yeah, I I even had some some comic book reviewers, like mixed reviews, because some comic book reviewers have, come to me and said like, hey, Gustavo, I love your work. This is amazing. And I have been thinking about your book all over the course of this month. I love it. But on the other hand, I have met other comic book reviewers that have gone very harshly at me. Like, hey, I don't like it. It's just an okay book. Um, it's, It's fine, but I don't love it. And I don't think anybody will love it. And uh, sadly, the, the bad reviews talk more with me than the good reviews. But I, I just eventually overcame the bad reviews and kept, kept putting out some work. And this one fan I have keeps always loving my art, which helps me. So there's this little um, thing that I have in my mind that's like, forget, forget the haters. You're always gonna get haters. Focus on how to be better every time. And that's it.
2: Yeah, and that's a a great mindset to have, Gustavo. I feel, and uh, with my first works that I put out, and even works that I'm putting out now, I don't think they're perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, But one thing that we kind of forget as creators is that perfection is the enemy of getting finished and the most important thing as a creator that we can do is actually finish the projects that we start because there's so many creators who start and have a great (laughs) idea but they never actually finish it
0: yeah that's that's another problem because maybe you're creating this book and you have this great idea and during i don't know half of your book another great idea comes so you you stop your first work and hop into the next work and start creating and then another idea comes. So you put up, uh, stop creating that other book and, and create a third one and so on and so on. So you never actually finish one. And I think we, every everyone have suffered that. I really been going through that a lot nowadays. I'm, I'm creating another graphic novel nowadays and I'm really, 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 trying to stay focused on that book because I have another great idea, but I don't want to hop into that great idea until I finish my book. Because if not, I'm not going to finish it ever, you know?
2: Starting out, what was the best advice that you received?
0: I have a good friend of mine, maybe my best friend, if you will. He's a really, really passionate comic book lover. And he told me you need to make your characters believable when they speak. They don't need to sound like they're just stiff cardboard characters. You need to make them to actually speak like human beings. Like they they have emotions, they have fears, they they want to do something. They want they need to speak like we're speaking right now because there's even that's a big problem even for Marvel and DC that some of their characters speak like robots or speak in a way that nobody speaks in real life. And I was very self-aware of that. So I even actually started recording my friends when they were talking uh, or, I don't know, conversations in the middle of the street just to actually understand how people talk. And I think, I don't want to say I nailed that because I'm not like an expert right now, but I think I might have the big idea of how to make, people talking in my comic books that sound natural and that was my biggest advice you know like best advice I had because my first draft like I just created the first chapter he read it and he was like it's okay but these characters they don't they don't seem real they they're just talking like a elementary comic a elementary comic book like aimed at little children you know so I focused on actually make them believable.
2: Hey, Gustavo, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. No,
0: thank, thank you for having me here.
2: I, I was really
0: looking forward to have this conversation.
2: Everyone listening, The Table is a webcomic that you can check out right now. For the free. U- the URL for it, it's totally free, is www.zigmacomics.com slash the table. And if you like it, you want a print copy of it, it can actually be ordered on Amazon right now. We'll be sure to put the links in the show notes below. Gustavo, where else can we find you online?
0: Uh, on Facebook, you can search my fan page. It's, only, it's called uh, the Sigma Comics, Z-I-G-M-A Comics. Um, on the Instagram, Sigma downscore comics, Sigma Z-I-G-M-A downscore comics.
2: Um, that's pretty much it. Hey Gustavo, thank you again so much for coming on
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure talking with you Bill And I'm a big fan of this show And I'm really glad to be part of it on this episode
2: If you know a creator that makes comic books Or any other media And think they'd be a good fit for the show Drop us a line at UnderTheMaskShow at gmail.com
1: You've been listening to the Under the Mask Podcast With Bill colomb Welcome to the family If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off.